Welcome to North Shore News Week. Hello, hello, North Shore. Welcome to North Shore News Week. I am Joe Coggan. I'm with Martin Carlino. We are the co-founders of the recordnorthshore.org, a nonprofit news site from the people who used to uh, used to bring you the Wilmette Beacon, the one at current Northbrook Tower. All those jams. Uh, we're back with a nonprofit news outlet. Um, you probably know that. That's why you're here. But thank you for listening and tuning in. Um, this is our weekly news podcast in which we summarize. Um, all our stories this week or, or do the best we can to kind of catch you up in a quick, simple format. We try to keep it quick, um, 25 minutes or so. So um, thank you for listening and tuning in. And uh, as we say every week, I got to think of a new tagline. We're, we're pretty jam-packed this week. We are definitely jam-packed this weekend. We're closing, we're closing in on a dozen episodes. I believe this is episode 11. So, you know, some would say we're getting better with age. We'll just have to leave that up to our listeners. Uh, but we're, we're going to do our best to to bring you a, an absolutely jam-packed week of news uh, as efficiently as possible, as Joe mentioned. <clears throat> and we will do our best. And uh, we do this in a, um, a three, uh, three stages. We do a lead story. We start you off. Then we go up and down the shore. And then we do our uh, fan-favorite featured feature. <clears throat> a lot of apps there, alliteration. So we're going to start with our lead story um, this week. And two things. We're going to split it. We're going to do, uh, there's, tis the season. Uh, Two for one special. <laughs> tis the season. And um, maybe more so than ever this year with the difficulties and challenges of 2020. Um, two of the most uh, beloved and popular light shows in town are back. Um, and uh, I don't know if they're better than ever, but they're just as good as ever. And uh, Christmas on Cleveland in Wilmette and Christmas on Evergreen in Winneka. Um, their, their holiday musical light shows are back and, um, you can go check them out every weekday. We got a story up kind of profiling how, uh, both, um, musical, uh, uh, both maestros to this merriment, um, <clears throat> thought about retiring. In fact, Christian Tingle of Christmas on Evergreen Lane, um, announced his retirement last year, said, you know, this is the last year, but. Um, the COVID-19 uh, kind of pulled an MJ <laughs> and I'm back for one year and uh, came, <laughs> came back. And I think that was a really awesome part of this story, Joe, and you did a great job uh, highlighting it. I definitely think our, our listeners should, should check that story out on our website. And, and, and as you, as you play up in the story, the, the awesome thing was that uh, both said that 2020 has been such a, a horrendous and tough year for so many that they just wanted to to keep this going for at least one more year to uh to spread some cho- some joy excuse me in a tough year for uh for everyone yeah and um with christian tingle he's only a college student he's a junior he's been doing this since he was since before high school in Winneka. um and so his studies have kind of taken up a lot of his time but um for two weeks in november he, he was home because he was taking his classes virtually he would set up the display in the day and take classes at night. Pretty crazy stuff. Um, and uh, you can see the fruits of his labor. Um, you can also check out Chris, christmasonevergreen.com to get all the details. And Christmas on Cleveland has been going just as long for 10 years. Um, they actually know each other and only a couple blocks away. But uh, the Maris family, Meg and Steve, have been doing this a long time. And it's very cool. Um, very very intense, very um, eye-popping to go out there and see it. We got a couple of videos embedded in the story, so you should check that out. 
Um, but uh, they're up and running, so uh, please enjoy. Um, and de- and definitely, if you have a chance and and you're in the area, even if you're not in the area, try to make it up there sometime this holiday season because it's uh, it's worth either the short walk for those in the area or the uh, or the little bit of a of an extended drive if you're uh, if you're outside of our communities. But uh, definitely worth whatever the trip is for for those who haven't made it up there yet this season. Yeah, for sure. And switching gears, our second part of our lead story, we're going to move to uh, on a bit more serious or a bit more analytic note, um, the election results um, from November, but um, actually a little longer than that with early voting, mail-in voting, are finally official. They were, they were certified last week by the Cook County Clerk, uh, Karen Yarborough. Um, so we have local numbers, and uh, I just did a, a little dive into them to kind of pull out some data that, that you can find interesting. Um, some things right off the bat, not entirely surprising because of the nature of this election, but um, we had a record number of registered voters in the township and thus a record number of votes cast in the township. Now, the, 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 uh, the turnout rate, if you, if you use those two numbers, um, was not a record, but just the whole numbers definitely were. Um, so you can check out those numbers. Um, you know, New Trier area also always has a higher turnout rate and that continued this year than the area and the state. But you could see how the um, the area voted, whether it was uh, the presidential election, the fair tax vote, um, the the state's attorney, um, all that. We kind of compared it to the, the county, the state and the nation. So you can take a look at that. Um, you can take a look at how your the towns within um, within New Trier voted on the presidential election. We broke that down as well. Some notes, uh, I guess the most for Biden and um, Kamala Harris were Glencoe with 77% and the least was Kenilworth with 62%. But every single precinct, all 43 in New Trier were in favor of Biden. So um, not entirely surprising, but just uh, some interesting tidbits we pulled out. So check that out as well at the recordnorthshore.org. That's our lead story, uh, two-pronged lead story, and now we're going to break it up into our second segment, Up and Down the Shore, where we just go town by town, um, starting with the northernmost, Glencoe. Yeah, and for, for listeners who tuned in to last week's episode, uh, Joe and I had mentioned that the Glencoe School District 35 Board of Education was going to be meeting that evening, so we didn't have the latest updates. Of course, now a week later, we do have those updates as we promised. And the main takeaway from the board's meeting last week was that they laid out the plan to provide access to COVID-19 testing to both students and staff members. Um, and for, for those who are a little bit unfamiliar with uh, District 35 plan is that earlier this year, they announced that um, they will be going on an adaptive pause. And when they return from that adaptive pause, um, after winter break in January, they will be requiring a negative COVID-19 test um, for anyone who wishes to return to in-person learning. This is the first of any of our districts that we covered that has um, brought forward that requirement for returning to in-person learning. So the uh, the main takeaway from that meeting last week, as I would mentioned, was they sort of laid out the plan of how they're going to provide access and give families um, access to those tests because, as we know, getting a getting a COVID nineteen test can sometimes certainly be challenging. Um, the access to those to those tests are not always widely available, especially a PCR test, which is the type of test that they are requiring. Um, that which is the type of negative test that they are requiring. So they're going to have a couple days in um, early January that they're going going to uh, provide the testing kits to um, to local families, and they'll be able to pick them up and then 
move forward with the test and then drop them back off. And the hope is that all those results will be um, returned by, I believe, um, January 19th is the date of when they're scheduled to um, return to in-person instruction with that required negative, negative test. So they hope to have uh, registration information and all those details out to families by December 16th, which is next week. So if you're a, uh, a member of that district, if you're in that district and um, you have some, some questions as to what the access and availability is going to be like, I definitely encourage you to read all the specifics in our story. And of course, all the details can be found on the district's website as well. Thank you, Marty. That is Glencoe um, moving right down the shore, taking a step down to Winneka and a holiday market that lasted a couple weekends. Um, a new idea from the Chamber of Commerce, um, the Winneka Northfield Chamber of Commerce to hold an outdoor um, open air market, um, both, you know, kind of also um, COVID related just to get people out of the house and also to give businesses an opportunity to showcase their gear in a safe um, open air environment. Um, it was it was a big hit um, from the numbers. Um, Terry Dason over at the chamber said they they served about four thousand people through the two weekends, and this is a market that was in the parking lot of uh, near Village Hall, so not big, only about twenty twenty five uh, vendors. But um, people really enjoyed it. People really came out to check out um, all the uh, both holiday and non holiday vendors <clears throat> for the first ever winter market. Um, pretty cool. About four thousand from both the last weekend in November and December 5th and 6th. Um, so pretty cool. We have a photo gallery, um, some quotes for some vendors um, as well. So check that out over at the North Shore, uh, the record North Shore. And, and definitely an, an event, Joe, that I think played off of the great success that the Winneka Northfield Farmers Market had um, this summer into the early fall, which was also had it held in the same loca- location, that parking lot that sort of is right next to Village Hall. Uh, I know time and time again, we heard from village officials that that was a, a big success over the summer. So they uh, turned it into a, into a holiday market with a very similar idea. And um, from Joe's story, seems like it was also very successful as well. Absolutely. Um, <clears throat> so that is Winneka. We're going to take uh, a step down and kind of uh, combine a couple communities that uh, we have a few stories from Kenilworth and Northfield. Um, both villages, as long as Winne- as well as Winneka, were involved in a state of the villages um, event put on by the League of Women Voters in those areas. Um, so usually this is an in-person event, um, kind of a, a casual what's going on in the village, what's uh, please update us on um, all the goings on and, and finances. And uh, it's put at, at the end of the year, um, Finances and budget are usually at top of mind. So those were both there. And, and then you, that kind of leads into projects and updates on major projects that are that are of resident interest as well. And that's exactly what they did. They just had to do it virtually. Um, and uh, the village presidents and the village managers of all three um, communities were involved, um, as well as the League of Women Voters, and um, just gave updates. I think they had between 40 and 50 people checking it out Um live um and then they they have the video too for people to check out so um we have a report on that as well as you should check it out <clears throat> at the record it's kind of some updates on some kenilworth projects for 2021 as well as some community events they're planning and uh with northfield very similar things on their finances and updates on their business community of which they're very proud so uh that's an update there we're going to stick with northfield real quick because we had um a bit of a, a hot news um, tip over the uh, late last week when a 
a four car accident caused a van to crash into the banks of the Skokie Lagoons right at Lagoon Drive on Willow Road. Um, so we got a little more details from the Northfield Police Department. Um, it seems that the um, the one at fault was the the driver of the van who was on a um, electronic device on his cell phone. Um, he was arrested for a few other traffic offenses as well as um, possession of heroin and uh, other drug paraphernalia. So some serious crimes. Um, he was arrested for check out the details with that. Um, no one was seriously injured, some minor injuries, but no one was seriously injured according to the Northfield police department. Most important thing, but, uh, some, some charges did come out of that, um, and some court hearings coming up. So check out, um, that story and thank you to North shore updates, which is a, uh, a Twitter channel. Um, a couple local guys who take photos and go out to those scenes, um, for the interest of the public. So thank you to those guys for helping out with the story. And that's at the record North shore.org as well. And skipping down one more town, we have uh, Will Met um, and an update from D39. Yeah, this is a pretty complex one, so I'll do my best to uh, summarize everything as best possible. But uh, in short, the Wilmette Public Schools Committee of the Whole, um, which is a sort of subcommittee of the Board of Education, um, met for nearly five hours on Monday uh, morning through Monday afternoon. So the big decision that came from that meeting was that Wilmette Public Schools students will be returning for one week um, before winter break. So previously, um, students had been uh, away from school for two weeks. Um, some students had been only away for one week because the Board of Education had approved a plan that would allow um, K through two students back in um, for this week, the week of December 7th. But um, students in grades three to three through eight um, have been away now for, for two weeks from inverts and learning, but the, uh, the board of education approved a plan that will bring back students for the week of December 14th, which is just going to be one week, one week before, um, winter break. The administration and Dr. Carrie Kremascoli a couple weeks ago had, um, recommended a plan to the board of education that would keep the adaptive pause going through winter break. So through the middle of January, like some of our other districts have, uh, have adopted, but the Board of Education decided that they felt the week of December 14th could be done. Um, so they voted for a plan instead that will um, offer that one week of in-person learning for all students who have elected for the hybrid learning model. So interesting uh, takeaway from that meeting, Joe. And uh, another um, takeaway that also came from that meeting is that the district decided to officially move forward with um, it's COVID-19 screening program and the screening program that they adopted is similar to the one at um, New Sh that New High School is using through um, through the through a company called Safeguard. So the district plans to pilot their screener program in uh, later this month and then move forward, hopefully with the district wide screening process sometimes in sometime in early January before they return to uh, winter break. Certainly, this is something that the administration hopes will help limit future pauses on in-person learning and will help limit uh, quarantines for teachers and students. So it's, uh, it's something that we have seen some early success from at Nutra High School and now Wilmette Public Schools is looking um, for the same, same or similar success rates that, uh, that it has shown at Nutria. Um, and I think we're also going to get a two-for-one special in Wilmette this week also, Joe. Another uh, story that came out of the Wilmette Village Board meeting on Tuesday evening was 
uh, approval for the popular pizza chain Rosati's coming into uh, Plaza del Lago in, in Wilmette. So they're going to be occupying the vacant storefront next to Starbucks, which used to house um, Fannie Mae. And it's been vacant now, I believe, since um, early 2019. So, so quite a bit it's been vacant now for. Um, but shortly, it will no longer be vacant as Rosati's is going to come in. Um, we don't have a specific date of when they're going to be opening, but there is a sign in the window that says coming soon. So I think uh, locals can anticipate a new pizza option in Plaza del Lago pretty, pretty soon here. Marty, bringing bring the full scope of Wilmette pizza and education coverage. Now that's, uh, that's a diversity <laughs> coverage. Good quite job, the, Marty. No, good job breaking quite the combo. those stories. Um, the education news, really, guys, it's, it's coming pretty fast and furious. So um, I hope uh, we're able, you're able to understand our breakdowns and you're following along. You're always uh, free to send us notes and anything you want covered more or more extensively or broken down more at newsroom at the record ns.org. So thank and you. That as is we've, oh, I'm sorry, as ahead. we've mentioned before with, uh, with so many of our other stories, if you want some of the uh, concrete specifics that we couldn't highlight uh, in the podcast, you'll definitely want to check out the stories, particularly with these uh, Wilmette 39, Wilmette public schools meetings, because like I had mentioned, uh, a nearly five hour meeting. So there's a, there's a lot more details in the story than we could recap here on uh, here on our podcast. And God bless you for watching um, all five hours of that meeting. Um, <laughs> so that is up and down the shore, our second segment. Thanks for listening as always. And we moved on to uh, our featured feature um, and we have more fun coming out of Wilmette. Um, got this tip from um, a, a local uh uh, superintendent actually of uh, Avoca 37 who, who posted on Twitter about it and we took it we, we, we went up to the, to, to the house to check it out but um, found out that George Sullivan um, as well as um, his wife Dorothy Turek um, every day since May has been posting a quote-unquote bad dad joke on a whiteboard um, and it's evolved <laughs> since then it's a really fun story he originally got the idea um, from a story out of the Washington Post about someone doing something similar in Maryland. And that guy in Maryland originally got the idea from somebody in Ohio. So this um, idea of laughter and uh, levity has really spread around the country. Um, something um, fun and to add levity um, and uh, some, some cheer during this, these challenging and difficult times. Um, and it's catching on and people are really stepping up to uh, bring it to their neighborhoods. And, and you can find it in Wilmette at George Sullivan's house on Locust Road. Um, no, the jokes aren't always funny, but they're always entertaining. Um, that's the point. Um, you guys know what a bad dad joke is, quote unquote. So uh, a lot of puns, a lot of, uh, wordplay. So it's, it's very enjoyable. Um, George said he, you know, that in the community, in the neighborhood, they've really enjoyed it. Um, children leaving notes, children leaving joke, joke suggestions, which he always uses. Um, sometimes they sit out on the, uh, the patio to eat lunch when it was a little warmer, um, and kind of watch people enjoy um, everybody from walkers to joggers to families to uh, police officers stopping by to check out the joke board <laughs> uh, right there on Locust Road. So really cool stuff. Um, hope you guys can check out the story for more details and what George had to say about it. Uh, I, there was one guy who was actually upset about it um, because George pulls it in at about 7.30 p.m. and he said, hey, I don't walk by till 8.30. So <laughs> George leaves it out a little longer for the, for that gentleman. But fun stuff. Um, we always enjoy telling those human interest stories. Um, they're an important part of the, of the fabric of your community, and we're happy to do so. So check out that story about uh, the, the bad jokes of Locust Road. 
And that is, those are our three main segments. That's, that's um, it for North Shore Newsweek. Um, now we want to give you a bit of a sneak peek as to what's coming up, um, what you can expect in the next few days from the record. So Marty, what do we got? Yeah, in Glencoe in Hubbard Woods Plaza, we've got uh, a mixed-use retail office building coming into the former site of Walgreens. So the, uh, the former Walgreens site in the, uh, in the Hubbard Woods Plaza in Glencoe, right near the Glencoe-Wanaka border, is going to be demolished, and it's going to be replaced with a new 22,000-square-feet uh, structure. So we'll have all the details. Just it was The proposal was just talked over at uh, the Glencoe Plan Commission meeting this week. So... Hot off the presses, as they like to say, and uh, we'll get you that that story within the next couple couple days here. And then we're also going to have a preview of um, Nutra High School's upcoming play. Um, students will be recording and then virtually offering performance of "It's a Wonderful Life," a live radio play. So um, there's going to be some some virtual stream opportunities for that play coming up next week, and we'll have a free, full preview, um, obviously. The, uh, the theater programs at, uh, at the schools we cover are very prestigious and particularly New Trier's. Um, unfortunately, in-person attendance at, at those types of plays are not possible this year because of the pandemic and everything that's going on. But it's, it's great to see that, that students are still figuring out a way to um, get these plays to audiences. And uh, that'll be great stuff. And, and I'll, uh, we'll have a election, believe it or not. A um, bit of a preview. Starting Monday, um, applications are due for local elections. Um, so they're collecting them the 14th through the 21st, the county is. So um, we have a bit of what we know right now type of stuff, uh, type of content from your local um, officials. So uh, who's running, who's not, um, what seats are open, everything like that. Some some tidbits we don't know yet, of course, um, and we'll know once the applications are filed. We'll we'll follow up with them, but I want to give you a little bit of of what we know right now, since we do know some things um, ahead of the elect application filing. So that'll be up tomorrow as well. Tomorrow being Friday, so make sure to check all those stories out and more at therecordnorthshore.org. And that's it. That's the show. That's North Shore Newsweek. We hope you guys uh, were able to catch up on some things you may have missed from the week. If not, the recordnorthshore.org is where you can go. Remember, we are a nonprofit newsroom that relies on reader funding. So uh, donate now and uh, your match or your uh, your gift will be doubled um, through the holiday season. So take a look at that. Uh, much more stuff. Always send your notes to us, too, if you, if, if you got any tips or leads at newsroom at uh, therecordns.org. Thank you for listening. That's it. Talk to you guys next week. Thanks for listening.